You're listening to the Touch Em Up Podcast. I'm your host, Double Lemon. On today's episode, we have UFC Fight Night, Mahachev versus Green. Preview predictions and analysis. The fight takes place tomorrow night, Saturday, February 26th, from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. And in the main event of the evening, it was originally set to be Mahachev versus Benil Dariush. But due to an injury, the all-time great, the BMF of 2021 and 2022, Bobby King Green steps in on short notice to fill in against Islam Mahachev. So the number four ranked lightweight Islam Mahachev versus the UFC veteran and mixed martial arts veteran with over 40 fights in Bobby King Green. So without any further ado, let's get this started and step into the ring. All right, all right, all right. So with the predictions for today, I'm not going to, you know, break down the entire card. We're going to do two fights on the main card and then one prelim. Um, I think the, the card is good. I think that there are some decent matchups on here, but the ones I really wanted to take a lot of time with and actually explain and, and you know, break down for you guys were the ones that I chose. And it's not the co-main event. We have the main event. We have one fight on the main card, which I'm pretty sure if you follow MMA, you know what fight that's going to be. And then we have one fight on the prelims with a guy coming out of Chicago, Illinois, training with the likes of Bilal Muhammad, Horacio Gutierrez. I mean, you know, there's, there's a great fight. Or it's a great fight. So we're actually going to start it off there. I'm not going to do a bunch of like pre-talk and wrap-ups and stuff like that. I'll have this out. Probably do a recap episode and then loop that together with the UFC 272 predictions for the Covington versus Masvidal, which takes place next weekend, I believe. So, um, yeah, a lot of fights coming up. Covington versus Masvidal, obviously a huge fight and uh, a huge grudge match for the MMA community and just the MMA world in general and the combat sports world. It's one of the biggest grudge matches you can have in the history of MMA, but Without any further ado, I mean, let's just start it off in the prelims with the fight I want to talk about. It's in the lightweight division between unranked contenders, but two uh, bright prospects in the 155-pound division. You have Rong Zhu, who comes into this fight with a record of 18 victories and four defeats, going up against the Chicago native in Ignacio Lajaula Bahamondes. So uh, he comes into this fight with a record of 12-4. and four. Zhu Rong comes into the fight with a record of 18 victories and four defeats. So... You know, great fight here. Um, I think that both of these guys are good in their own areas, which, you know, that's easy to say. That's kind of a generalized, you know, assumption. But I think when it comes to Zhu Rong, I expect him to try to close the distance with some quick combinations, probably the one-two. He likes to throw that hook, then follow up with the cross. Sometimes he'll square up his stance and stand primarily like with his hips square on if he gets you up against the cage because that's when he can unload on you. He did that against Brandon Jenkins. And um, you saw early on that Jenkins was coming in, throwing some high kicks, throwing a flying knee, throwing the one-two. I mean, he was coming in trying to take off Zhurong's head, but he wasn't really able to get anything done. And once Zhurong was able to, you know, slip underneath the overextended shots of Brandon Jenkins, get to the body lock, work to the back, work the knees, work the knees in the clinch. You know, he had a good, like I said, a good 3-2. He's got a solid 3-2 from that orthodox stance. He likes to go boom, boom, just hook to direct you into the right hand. So, bop, bop, he'll cut you off, cut you off, boom, boom, come down the middle with that fire cross. You know, it's straight, it's to the point, and it's exactly what it needs to be. There's not a ton of wind-up on the shots from Zhurong. I mean, he's got good, like I said, good combinations, good pop on his shots. 
But honestly, when it's going up, when he's going up against, you know, Ignacio Bahamondes, I think that what he's going to have to do is resort a little bit to the grappling. You know, Bahamondes is 12 and 4, but he has great takedown defense. He's not easy to take down. I actually don't think he's been taken down in the UFC, but he's good on the feet. He's got great combinations. If it's a stand-up battle for the entire 15 minutes, Bahamondes is going to run away with it. He might have a hard first round. He might get caught with a couple one-twos. He might get caught with that hook on the exit and, you know, get caught up against the cage and get hit with some combinations because he doesn't have the best head movement. But the longer the fight goes, Bahamondes is going to constantly be changing stances. He likes to do that switch 45 where he'll briefly switch from orthodox to southpaw and then he'll switch back from southpaw to orthodox. So orthodox to southpaw is going to cut you off and get you to freeze. Then when he switches back from southpaw to orthodox, he's going to get you to circle to the direction that you thought you were safe in, but you're really not. So you're basically cutting them off in one direction and then redirecting them back the other way and then cutting them off in that direction to then set them up for the straight shots as their hips are square standing in front of you. And that's something that Bahamondes does phenomenally. And he mixes up the levels on his strikes. You know, sometimes he'll throw some naked naked low kicks. He won't set them up with the jab. He won't set them up with feints. He'll just chop those low kicks. That is something you're going to have to look out for again, Zhurong, because you don't want him to time one of those low kicks and enter on a takedown, whether it's a double leg, you know, catching, trying to catch a head on the inside single transition to a head on the outside, work to the body lock, and then work with the trip takedowns. A lot of the takedowns from Zhurong come from that body lock position. They come from the inside trips. They come from the outside trips, you know, playing with the feet, trying to get that body lock and work those outside trips to then get in the top position and try to land those ground and pound shots. He has good ability to flow on the ground. So if he does get Bahamondes down, he can flow from half guard to full mount, back to half guard, to side control. When you go to spin and, to, and you know, hip out and shrimp out, he can, you know, get the front headlock, spin to take your back, you know, pull you down to get back into the into the uh, side control. You know, he can move and, you know, he can he can ride you and transition from position to position very, very well. And he always goes for position before submission, which is definitely, you know, the thing you want to do. He's not really a submission artist. He's got good ground and pound, good ability to fire those power shots from the top position if he does get there. So if he gets the full mount on Bahamondes, he's going to be trying to drop those power right hands, the straight punches. He's going to be looking to land some elbows. I mean, he has good ground and pound. He is good on the ground, and that is not somewhere that Ignacio Bahamondes wants to be. But the thing is, um, on the feet, the longer the fight goes, I, I just think that Bahamondes is a little bit too tricky and a little bit too long and rangy for a guy like Zhu Rong. He's got good jabs, good crosses. Like I said, he likes to switch stances mid-combination. You know, one-two, one-two, hook, switch southpaw, hook, hook to the body, right hook to the head, right, left hook to the body, step off, boom, boom, one-two, one-one-two, three, hook to the body, switch stance, left cross, right hook, left body kick. You know, and he'll switch stances to direct you into where he wants you to go. He's a young guy. I think he's only 24 years old, but he knows the game very well, and he plays a very smart, technical, and tactical game. Yeah, sometimes he likes to get into a brawl, but the longer the fight goes, the more technical and the more intelligent he gets in how he's trying to pick you apart. I mean, he was trying to throw that spinning wheel kick against Roosevelt Roberts to the body, to the head, multiple times in the fight. And then with 10 seconds left in the third round, he goes one, two, switches, switches stances to direct Roosevelt Roberts to circle towards that spinning wheel kick and boom, lands that wheel kick on his jaw. 
and knocks him out in one of the best knockouts of 2021. In a fight that in the first round, he was getting picked apart with the boxing a little bit from Roosevelt Roberts, but the longer the fight went on, he was able to pick it up. He was able to slip the shots and come back on the counters, land the good one-two, land the good hook cross, land the good one-two, hook to the body, switch stance, straight left to the body, right hook to the body, one-two, straight left, right hook up top. I mean, he's mixing it up. He's changing levels. He's making you un. He's making you feel, you know, in danger everywhere that you go, and that's always a problem. Uh, you know, against a guy in Rong who, yes, he's got power. He's got good combinations. The guy can crack on the feet, but I just think that he that uh, La Jaula has more weapons on the feet, man. I think he he has better avenues to get him to the positions he wants you to be in to set you up. He's got better setups. He's got better traps. He's got better game planning. And I think that that's what's going to carry Bahamondes through this fight. That's what's going to carry him to win that second round, to win that third round, and maybe get a late finish. I could see him getting a finish here. Um, I like Bahamondes. I'm, I'm a big fan of him. You know, I haven't seen much of him. He had a fight against John McDessey in the UFC. It's a fight that he lost. But, I mean, Roosevelt Roberts is a veteran. He, he's got had a ton of fights in the UFC. And, you know, he's good all around. And, you know, Bahamondes was just picking him apart. And he's young. He, he's, you know, these guys are coming in younger and younger into the UFC and, you know, staking their claim. But honestly, when it comes down to this, like I said, I just think that Bahamondes has more weapons. I think the constant stance switches, you know, switching stances and then switching back to trap the opponent, square up their stance and cut them off. The constant boxing combination and changing of levels with the hands and setting it up with the kicks. You're not safe anywhere you go. If Zhu Rong wants to win this fight, he's going to have to resort to the grappling, the wrestling. Get, you know, Bahamondes up against the cage. Get him in the over-under positions. You know, use those knees to the body. Transition to head on the inside single. Head on the outside single. Transition to the double leg. Work back up to the body lock. Inside, outside trips. You know, that's where you're going to have to win. You have to make it a dirty fight. But Bahamondes' takedown defense is second to none. I mean, Roosevelt Roberts tried to do that multiple times in their fight, and he just couldn't really get anything going in terms of trying to get the takedown set up. So I just think Bahamondes is going to pick him apart the longer the fight goes on. He's going to change levels. He's going to work that body with that front kick, that push kick, the one-two, you know, landing the two, hook to the body, working up top with the combinations. And um, I think we're going to get a decision victory from Ignacio Bahamondes. I could see a late finish, maybe a third round TKO, just overworking him and finally finding a shot. You know, we've seen that he can go a full 15 minutes. He's got the cardio. He's got the gas tank. You know, he can get a finish at the last second of a fight. Um, so I could see a, a third round TKO for Bahamondes, but I'm going to go with the decision. So I think Ignacio Bahamondes defeats Jurong via a tw uh, 30... Nah, oof, do I go 30-20? We'll go... Yeah, I'm going to go 30-27. A 30-27 unanimous decision. It improves to 13-4. and four. All right, up next, we've got a battle on the main card in the UFC's lightweight division. Again, you've got a battle between the number 13-ranked Armin Ahok. I can't say his nickname. Let's see. I mean, I don't even want to... Ahalakaitis, Ahalakaitis. I mean, I'm sorry. I I'm gonna butcher that name. I'm usually real good with pronouncing stuff, but I don't know how you pronounce his nickname. But Armin Sarukian coming into this fight with a record of 16 victories and two defeats, going up against the somewhat UFC newcomer, but a mixed martial arts veteran and a guy who has made statement after statement in the UFC with finishes over Joe Duffy and longtime veteran and formerly top 10 ranked, top five ranked contender in Tiago Moises. 
in Joe El Fenomeno Alvarez. Joel Alvarez versus Armin Sarukian. Alvarez coming in 19 victories, two defeats. Sarukian coming in 16 victories, two defeats. Um, this is a phenomenal fight. I think a lot of people, for a lot of people, this is their favorite fight on the card. This is what they want to see the most, you know, and, and I agree. I think that this fight is absolutely phenomenal. I think that it's a lot closer than people think. I picked Joel Alvarez to defeat Tiago Moises in that fight, I believe, I don't know if I heard almost anybody taking Alvarez to beat Moises there. And he didn't just beat him. He walked right through him. And yeah, I know you're going to say, well, you know, Moises has won some fights. He probably shouldn't have won, like the fight against Bobby Green. He got beat by, you know, Islam Mahachev and, you know, a lot of, you know, they're going to say all these things. And yeah, you know, maybe Moises isn't the greatest fighter, but man, he went almost five rounds with, you know, Islam Mahachev. You know, he got a decision victory over Bobby Green. You know, he's had some good victories in his UFC career. I believe he got a decision over Alexander Hernandez, or he should have gotten a decision. It was one or the other, but I do believe he got the win there. And, um, you know, this fight's great. Sarukian is a training partner of Piotr Jan out at Tiger Muay Thai. I mean, you've seen Armin Sarukian. He made his UFC debut against Islam Mahachev. That was his UFC debut. I mean, that just goes to show you, and he gave Mahachev his toughest fight aside from that, you know, losing losing effort over, um, you know, Adriano Martins. He gave Mahachev his toughest fight in his career, and it was his UFC debut. He's had victories since then over Matt Frivola. He's coming off a victory in the first finish of his UFC career over Christos Chiagos back in his last fight with a first-round TKO. He uh, timed a front kick with a beautiful check left hook. Knocked Jagos off balance, jumped on him, got to the uh, backside control, and just rained down hammers until he finished him off. You know, Armin Sadukian is probably known the best for his offensive and defensive grappling. I mean, if you just go back and look at the fight with uh, Islam Mahachev, he was shooting takedowns on Mahachev. He got one takedown on Mahachev. I believe he got more than one, but it was just constant chain wrestling, chain wrestling, reversal after reversal, you know, shooting a, going to shoot a double, getting it stuffed, you know, trying to sit out, turn the corner, use the switch position, you know, try to switch, you know, switch to the back, you know, backside control. Then, then, you know, um, then Mahachev would try to switch out. There was a point where Mahachev tried to spin and take the back of Sadukian from the front headlock. And as he went to spin, Sadukian did an Iranian sit, kind of like a fireman's carry as he turned and tried to sit out, but Mahachev was able to run, you know, roll out of it. There were so many positions. I mean, I can't even explain it. That's how many there were. And maybe if I, you know, decide to break down that fight on YouTube, that would actually be a good grappling breakdown to um, do. It would take a long time, but it would probably be worth it. So maybe that's something I'll look into in the future. But he was the hardest fight that Mahachev's had in his UFC career. And, you know, Mahachev has fought the likes of Dan Hooker. He fought Tiago Moises. He fought, you know, he's on his way up. And Bobby Green, this this fight in the main event here, you know, it's not an easy fight for him either. And I think with this fight against Joel Alvarez, Alvarez is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. You know, he he does look for the guillotine. So if Sarukian tries to use his grappling, his wrestling, he's going to have to look out for that neck because if he shoots ahead on the outside single or a double leg, Alvarez is going to look to fall to his back, lock up the head and arm position for the guillotine choke, and then throw that opposite leg over to the opposite hip 
and then the opposite leg is, and then the other leg is going to go across the belly and try to hook the leg or just go across the belly with the shin across the belly, you know, and that's honestly, it's tough because he's got to look out for that guillotine, man. He's got it twice in the UFC. He got it against Joe Duffy. And then he got it again against somebody that I can't remember his name off the top of my head. And I just watched the fight too, but he's good off of his back. And you know what? He didn't get a guillotine in that fight that I, I can't remember the guy's name that he beat. But he went for the guillotine, but the guy stayed patient and was able to pop his head out. But then from there, he worked from the guard and he locked up an arm bar and eventually just got the arm bar. So even if it's in the bottom position for a guy like Joel Alvarez, you know, El Fenomeno, he's got good Brazilian jiu-jitsu off of his back. I do not think that you want to play off of your back against Sarukian, though. The, the, the only way that Alvarez is going to get a submission against Sarukian is if Sarukian shoots an ill-advised takedown, doesn't set it up, and, you know, he just locks that head up, whether it's a head and arm guillotine, you know, whether it's an arm in guillotine where he shoots the leg over the top to the opposite hip and the shin goes across the belly, or it can shoot like a half guard position and you can, you know, extend and pull up, or if he goes, um, you know, if he plays in the guard, I don't think he's going to try to lock up. I don't think he's going to get an arm bar. I don't think he's going to get a triangle. He has a lot of triangle submissions on his record, you know, and Sadukian's good on the feet, but if he plays a little bit too much on the feet with a guy who's so big, you know, Elvarez is so much bigger than Sadukian here, like just bigger, taller, wider. He's got a huge frame for 55. You know, he missed weight in his last fight, I believe, and I think a lot of people believe he should go up to 170. So he might have a, had a tough weight cut here. I'm not sure. I believe he made weight because I haven't heard anything about it in the weigh-ins were today. But he has a tough weight cut there. But he's so long and lanky, but he's built. He's, like, built perfectly for 155, you know. And he's too big for 55. And I just think that, you know, that could give a lot of problems to a guy like Saduki. And Sadukian's not the tallest guy. He's big. He's muscular. He's ripped. But he's a shorter guy. And I think that... Staying on the feet for too long with Joel Alvarez is going to be a problem. You know, Alvarez loves to throw that check left hook. He loves to throw the straight right hand. He's got good boxing, good high kicks. I mean, he can throw high kicks from in close, you know, throw knees to the body. He's got good elbows. You saw him showcase the framing off and landing elbows in the clinch against um, Tiago Moises, and the elbows are what led to the finish. But when he smells blood, he can turn it up and he can get that finish, you know, and I just go back to that Mahachev fight, man. I go back to how, you know, how great the wrestling exchanges were between Sadukian and Mahachev. And Mahachev being the best grappler at 155 pounds for Sadukian to, to make that fight so competitive and on one of the judges' scorecards win one of the three rounds in his UFC debut, that says a lot. And, you know, he doesn't settle. If he gets taken down, he's looking to shrimp. He's looking to, you know, get the underhook. He's looking to use that butterfly guard and the butterfly sweep to turn over, get the overhook, and then either use the over or the under in the butterfly position, and then get his hips out and work back up to the feet, work from the front headlock, land knees, shoot takedowns off of your takedown attempts. He's such a good chain wrestler. He's He's got great cardio. You know, I know he got tired towards like the last two and a half minutes of that, fit, of that third round, but it was one of the highest paces of grappling and wrestling and chain wrestling and transitions that you'll ever see in a professional mixed martial arts fight and one of the highest level grappling matchups you'll ever see in the UFC. If you haven't watched Sadukian versus Mahachev, it was back from 2019. Do yourself a favor and go watch that fight before the fights that go down tomorrow night. But 
I think that Alvarez is a dangerous fight for Sarukian because of his length, because of his range, because of how big he is. And he's got the power in the hands. And, you know, Sarukian did just get a finish over Christos Yagos, but he's not a finisher. That's the only finish he's gotten in his career, in his UFC career. I don't believe it's his only finish in his entire mixed martial arts career, but it could be. You know, so let me check that out, actually. That's something I'd like to look at. Let's see. Um, let's see. So here we'll go to Sure Dog. So 17 and 2. No, okay. So he's gotten finishes in his career. He's got a TKO with a spinning back kick to the body. He's got a knockout via head kick, which doesn't surprise me because that guy has a beautiful left high kick and a beautiful uh, switch lead high kick from the orthodox stance if he changes his stance. But that was his first finish in the UFC. Other than that, he had um, that loss to Mahachev, a decision over Olivier Obonmercy, a decision over Davi Hamos, a decision over Matt Frivola, and then that first round TKO over Christos Chiagos. So... First finish in the UFC, I'm sure he's going to come in here and look for a finish, but I don't think that Joel Alvarez is a guy that you're going to get a finish over. I don't expect him to get a knockout. I think that Alvarez is too powerful on the feet, and I think he's too long and too rangy. He doesn't move his head that much, which could lead into the high kicks of Saruki and the switch kicks, you know, the combinations. He doesn't move his head too much, so he could be there to get countered, but I don't really think that Saruki is going to want to play around on the feet for too long. I think it is dangerous even on the ground for Sadukian. It's very dangerous for him if he just plays in the guard, you know, plays in the top position because you don't want to get caught in an armbar. You don't want to get caught in that guillotine choke. Alvarez is good off the back. He's got good elbows off of his back. This is a close fight. And honestly, in my opinion, this is a pick'em fight. This is as close to a pick'em fight as you get. And, you know, in my opinion, I think this is the closest fight on the card. And when it comes down to who I'm picking for a win... I'm going to go with Armin Sadukian. I think that Sadukian, just the grappling and the chain wrestling and the transitions, I think it's going to be able to notch him a few takedowns, get him some control from the top position on the ground, and win him rounds. On the feet, it's going to be dangerous for both guys. They're both technical on the feet. They both have good striking. I would say that Alvarez has more power. I would say that Sadukian is probably a little bit more clean and crisp on the feet than a Joel Alvarez, but I think that when it comes to who's day more dangerous on the feet, I think that that's definitely El Phenomeno. So, but overall, I got to go with Armin Saduki. And I think that the wrestling, the chain wrestling, the top control, I think that that's just going to notch him rounds. And I'm going to go with a 29-28 unanimous decision victory for the number 13 ranked Armin Sadukian over Joel Alvarez. But a great fight, the closest fight on the card. And this fight is definitely a pick em. I mean, it could go either way. And I'm really excited to see how it goes. All right, and now we go to the main event of the evening in the UFC's lightweight division between the number four ranked Islam Mahachev, who comes into this fight with a record of 21 victories and one defeat, going up against the real BMF of the UFC over 2021 and 2022 in Bobby King Green, who comes into this fight with a record of 29 victories, 12 defeats, and one no contest. Um 
I'm excited for this one. I know everybody's just going to go into this fight and say, oh, Mahachev's going to take him down. He's going to submit him. It's going to be just like the Dan Hooker fight. It's going to be easy. It's going to be over in one round. This is going to be nothing. He's coming in on short notice. It was supposed to be Darius. Why aren't we getting Darius? Blah, 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 blah. Bobby Green is not an easy fight for Mahachev. It's actually probably Mahachev's trickiest fight in the UFC's lightweight division. I think McGregor is an easier fight for Mahachev than Bobby Green. I think that Poirier is an easier fight for Mahachev than Bobby Green. I think that um, Justin Gaethje is an easier fight for him than Bobby Green. I think that the toughest fight for him is probably Charles Oliveira in that lightweight division. Um, but I honestly think that Bobby Green is an even trickier fight for him than that. Like, Bobby Green is his toughest matchup. I don't want to continually contradict myself with what I'm saying, but it's a tough fight for a guy like Mahachev. You know, Bobby Green doesn't primarily fight out of one stance. He does fight in southpaw most of the time, you know, left foot in back, the right foot in front. But he's always constantly changing his stance. He's changing his angles, slipping off the center line, stepping back into orthodox to fire the right hand, stepping back into orthodox and popping the jab, you know, squaring up his stance up against the cage and firing a straight right hand or a straight left, you know, as they step in, like what he dropped Ally Quinta with at UFC 268. I mean, the guy can, he can catch you from just about anywhere. He's not a knockout guy. He mainly fights to win a decision, but he's got the cardio to go five rounds. I 100% believe he can go five rounds here. Now, for just as much as Bobby Green is Mahachev's toughest fight, I believe, I think that Mahachev is Bobby Green's toughest fight. I do. I think that Mahachev, I mean, it's equally as tough for each guy in different areas. I mean, let's talk about the stats really quick. So height, it's equal 5'10". Reach, 70.5-inch reach for Mahachev to 71-inch for Bobby Green. Um, win percentages, 14% of the wins coming by way of KO, 48% by submission, and 38% by decision for Bobby or for Islam Mahachev. And then uh, 34% by KO, 28% by submission, and 38% by decision for Bobby Green. So pretty close. Mahachev is more of a submission artist, and then Green has more KOs and goes to decision a bit more. I mean, they're equal on decision, actually, 38%. But, you know, Bobby Green's more of a knockout artist. Mahachev more of a submission artist, if we're going by the stats. Average fight time for both guys, 9 minutes and 42 seconds for Islam Mahachev, compared to 12 minutes and 39 seconds for Bobby Green. So a little bit more experience, a little bit longer of uh, fight time for Bobby Green in his professional mixed martial arts career. When you look at the knockdown averages, uh, 0.28 knockdowns for Islam Mahachev in a 15-minute fight and 0.24 for Bobby Green. This stat actually surprised me. Um, I know that Bobby Green doesn't get a lot of finishes in his career. I believe that was only his second finish in his UFC career against Ally Quinta. Um, and then I believe he got a finish in his UFC career, in his UFC debut. But... You know, that, that stat just surprised me a little bit. You know, I, I but I, I guess it makes sense because Green fights the decision a lot. He doesn't score a lot of knockdowns. He's not the biggest power puncher. He's more of a volume, pace, and pressure guy, and he picks up his pace and his pressure and his volume the longer the strike the fight goes on. And the volume here could be a big problem for a guy like Islam Mahachev. When you look at significant strikes, significant strikes landed per minute for Mahachev, 2.21 compared to 5.93 for Bobby Green. So, Almost a four-strike 
a four strike advantage for Bobby Green and significant strikes landed per minute. Significant strike percentages, 58% significant strikes landed for Mahachev compared to 51% for Bobby King Green. Significant or strikes absorbed per minute, this is a huge difference. 0.79 for Islam Mahachev compared to 3.65 for Bobby Green. So, yes, Bobby Green is a little bit there to is there to be hit way more than Mahachev, but you know, Mahachev doesn't spend a whole lot of time on the feet. He does, but it's mainly to set up his grappling, set up his wrestling, set up his trips, the outside trips, the inside trips, the trips up against the cage. That's what he likes to do. But he'll throw a check hook, a, a high kick, a one-two, and then just try to push you up against the cage to get those takedowns. Or work into the over-under position where he can grab that uh, Russian tie and sweep you to get into the full mount like he did against Armin Sadukian, or just to trip you and get you into side control and then step over controlling your legs in the triangle leg mount. We've talked about that stuff. Excuse me. We've talked about that stuff a lot on this podcast. You can go back and check out some other breakdowns to hear a little bit more of a, a dissection on the Dagestani handcuff, why they use the triangle leg mount and, you know, stuff like that. But defense on the feet, 70% strike defense for Mahachev to 62% defense for Bobby Green. So pretty close there as well. Um, you know, with the grappling, that's, that's a lot more on the side of Mahachev, obviously, you know, but Bobby Green isn't an easy guy to take down. Um, I do think that if anybody's going to make it look easy, it is a guy like Islam Mahachev. I think that if by, he gets a hold of Bobby Green and takes him down it, you know, I don't think Bobby Green's going to be able to get back up. I think it's going to be a little bit harder for Islam to find the openings to shoot those takedowns. And here's what I mean by that. So since Bobby Green primarily, yeah, primarily fights Southpaw, you know, he likes to throw that straight left hand, the right hook, the check hook, you know, the one twos, that's his bread and butter, but he switches stances so much, you know, he'll throw slip, slip, roll, he'll dip his shoulder, you know, he'll catch shoulder roll, catch on the other side, shoulder roll, catch, shoulder roll, catch, you know, come back straight left, right hand, straight left, lead, lead uppercut, hook, cross, boom, 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 you know, he'll step back into orthodox and fire that straight left hand. He'll fire that straight right. Step back into southpaw. Angle off. He's constantly switching stances. He's constantly angling. Yes, when you square up your hips, it's easier for an opponent to shoot their takedowns. So if Bobby Green is off balance, if he squares up his hips in front of Mahachev, that is when he can get taken down. That is when he can shoot those takedowns, you know, and, and try to get Bobby Green off balance. You know, Green is off balance in a lot of his fights, but he's so fast. I think the speed is going to be a big advantage here for Bobby Green. Honestly, I think that he's so fast with his movement and so fast with his reaction time that not only is that going to make it harder for Islam to find the openings to shoot those takedowns, and since Islam doesn't really move his head off the center line, he more moves in a linear pattern. It's not lateral movement. It's linear. So Islam is step, step in, step, step out, step, step in, step, step out, step, step in, step, step out. He doesn't really move in. Angle off, step back on the opposite angle, step in, step back, step left, step right. It's straight, back, straight, back, forward, backward, forward, backward, backward, forward. That's what he does. And, you know, honestly, I think that, like I said, the reason I think that this is such a tough fight for Islam is, one, the constant movement and the, and the awkward defense 
that's going to be a, a something that Islam hasn't seen before. So it might be a little bit harder for him to be like, oh, well, why is he standing like this? Like, oh, I'm just going to run in and try to catch him. If he just runs in and tries to shoot takedowns, yeah, he might get it. He might take him down right away and submit him. But he's going to have to look out for the one-two down the middle, the straight left, switching stance to orthodox, landing the straight right. Bop, 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 bop. You know, he's going to have to look out for stepping in and getting caught on the way in. That's something that is going to happen. I believe that Bobby Green is going to catch Islam at least a few times on the feet, and he's going to have to walk through some of that fire to get those takedowns on a guy like Green. You know, like I said, the Philly shell, the shoulder roll, the catching on the opposite side, but his reaction time is so good. I mean, just look at what he did against Rafael Faziv. Faziv's one of the best strikers in MMA, and he lost, you know, the second round. The first round was close. You know, a lot of people believe that Bobby Green beat Fiziev two rounds to one. You know, I thought that that fight was really close at the end and that, yeah, Bobby Green might have edged it out. You know, and then he comes in and he looks phenomenal against, um, you know, Nasrat Hakparas, beats the brakes off of him, comes in, knocks out Ally Quinton in the first round, getting that finish. Bobby Green's on the up and up. Yeah, he's stepping in on short notice. He just came off that fight at UFC 271. He had a huge weight cut. But he looked phenomenal in that fight. I still believe he's going to be in shape. This is a tough fight for Mahachev. If you're going to bet on this fight, just bet on Bobby Green. I'm not saying I'm picking Bobby Green to win, but for him to be like a plus 475, a plus 500 to a minus 900 favorite in Mahachev, you'd kind of be stupid to not throw some money down on Bobby Green, whether it's the only bet you make or whether it's just a side bet that you make. It, you're kind of dumb to not do it. If anybody can pull this off on short notice, it's Bobby Green. You know, he is a BMF. He is a bad motherfucker. He said, I'm going to come in, walk in there like a gangster, punch him in the face, and we're going to get to work. Bobby Green talks to you. Islam talks to you. I think if Islam takes him down, he'll be talking to him. Bobby Green will probably talk back to him, slap him a few times, you know. But I do think that the awkward movement and the stance of Bobby Green is going to make it a little bit harder for Islam to find the openings to shoot those takedowns and find the openings to close the distance. It's going to make it harder for him to close the distance getting caught with some of those straight shots down the middle. And also, since Green's hands are always low, since he likes to shoulder roll and catch on the other side, the punches are coming from an upward angle. They're coming from a different angle than a lot of opponents are used to seeing. So they're harder to see. So add that to the speed, add it to coming from from, from weird angles. And then your hands are down low at your waist. One step of the takedown defense is already there without you even have to think about it. You know, if a, if, if Islam throws a check hook in a right hand and he's got his hands up and, you, and the opponent's hands are up in a high guard, your hips are open, boom. Now you have to drop your hands to get those underhooks, to dig for those underhooks, to dig for that sprawl. If your hands are already there, you're already there. You can you can get that underhook. You can push down on the head. You can you can turn your hip and try to push their head away and then circle back to the center. You're you're already one step ahead on the defense. You know, I think this is a tough fight. I do think Bobby Green can maybe catch Islam. I do think he might be able to catch him. I think the cardio could be a problem, but overall, I think Islam's eventually going to get the takedowns. I think he's eventually going to just work from the top position. I think that overall, it's going to be a close first round, I think, probably close second round. But I do think that Islam's eventually just going to take over. I think he's going to eventually get that takedown, get that triangle leg mount. And, um, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go with a decision here for Islam Mahachev. I'm going to go with a 48-47 unanimous decision. For Islam Mahachev. I could see him getting a submission on Bobby Green. I could see it being over just as quick as the Dan Hooker fight. But I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, put a bet on that or put a prediction out on that. 
Green's Green's fast. Green has good cardio. You know, Green is durable. He's he can he's got good defense, good movement. It's going to make it harder for anything to really going to make it harder for him to find those openings on Bobby Green. It's going to make him it harder for Islam to find the openings to shoot those takedowns. I think it's going to be a tricky fight. I think it's going to be close, but I'm still going to lean Islam Mahachev. So my pick is Islam Mahachev to defeat Bobby Green via a 48-47 unanimous decision. But a close fight, and if you're going to lay any money down on this fight, um, there's really no value in picking Islam unless you're doing like a parlay, but even then, he's such a big favorite. Um, I would throw some money down on Bobby Green just as a side bet. You never know. It's MMA. If you're coming into a fight as a plus 500 and you're like, and you're as good as Bobby Green and as much of a veteran as Bobby Green, I know he doesn't get a lot of finishes. I know that's not the way he fights, but man, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he shocks the world. I mean, I'd be surprised, but I don't think it's a bad bet, especially at plus 500. But yeah, that's going to be it for today, guys. Thanks for listening to my predictions for UFC Fight Night Mahachev versus Green. The Touch Em Up podcast is available anywhere you get your audio podcast. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Stitcher. Anywhere you can get your audio podcast, you can get Double M and the Touch Em Up podcast. I'm your host, Double M, and I'm out. Have a good night, everybody, okay?